Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike, that's Doug. Dude, was Santa good to you? Santa was good to me, dude. I dude, got what'd you get? I what'd got some hockey-related things. What? I got a cell phone holder that's made out of a hockey puck. Oh, yeah. Whoa. I know. Nice. I know. Very impressive. So, uh, yeah. And I got the shark's uh, elf on a shelf. Oh, that's very nice. Which I may have to be- bequeath to you, dude, because I don't have a little one that likes the elf on a shelf thing, but I think you could use a shark's elf on a shelf. I would take that if yep. you want to re-gift that to me, dude. I might just do that, dude. I would gladly accept it. Okay. Well, very good. Did you get anything good, dude? Sharks related? Uh, or no? Dude, I got an inflatable Cinderella movie theater. You got this. I got um, a Doc McStuffins pet vet. Wow. I got a Minnie's shopping mall. Mmm. And I got a Calico Critters uh, lock cabin. Wow. That all sounds amazing, dude. Have you been playing with it all today? Yep. Oh, good. All day, every day. All day, every day. That's the stuff that I got to put together. That's yeah. the stuff I got to put together. As, as a dad, like, that's part of your dad badge, right? Yeah. Putting together the stuff that you bought, the stuff you stupidly bought, <laughs> and then as your child patient, like totally impatiently stares at you. Oh, it wasn't one of those things yeah. that you had to assemble before Christmas morning. Um, stupidly, I did none of that. So <laughs> I did it all Christmas morning. Dude, I finally saw Star Wars. Thank God. Have you seen it? Not yet. I was sort of waiting for the Dude. hype to die down. You know, like get all the people Dude. with the costumes to, you know, go away so I could just like watch the movie without people. Like, because my friend saw it like a few days ago and he said there were like 45 year old men that every time Han Solo said any, you know, Harrison Ford said anything, they would like scream like little children. See, I don't want to, I don't want to experience this. I'd, I'd rather just watch the movie. <laughs> um, I did not experience the movie in that way. Oh. Um, but I did love it, dude. I, I know you? you'll see. I, I loved it. It was great. Okay. Well, that's pretty yeah. cool. I'm definitely going to, I mean, I definitely want to see it. I, I was just going to wait for the, all the hubbub to die down a bit. Well, speaking of hubbub, yeah. do you know what team leads the NHL in road victories? The San Jose Sharks. That's right, dude. Do you know what team is total balls at home? The San Jose Sharks. So, what are you going to do, dude? Uh, Sharks, great on the road. Pretty decent road trip, punctuated by a uh, comeback win in L.A. The ultimate slap job when they go down there and win. It is very gratifying to see them play so well down there. Did it make you forget about the Chicago game at all? It did. It did. I mean, if the Kings were not leading the Pacific, it would be hard to make up for that Chicago stumble. Uh, You know, the Sharks were leading in the third period in Chicago, could not hold on, lost in overtime. Very disappointing. I mean, these sorts of games happen every year, but it's just uh, 
you know, with the Sharks being so up and down, you know, they beat Montreal in Montreal and, but then they lose to Ottawa and you just were hoping that they could really, you know, sort of right the ship quickly. You know, they had an extra day of rest before they played Chicago and they just were unable to hold on, which was frustrating. Uh, you know, Chicago obviously is a very good team, so it's not that surprising, but you know, I was definitely heartened by the come definite come from behind victory in LA. It's a very impressive Joe Pavelski led win uh, against the division winner and the sharks need these kinds of wins if they want to make the playoffs and, and to go somewhere. So all in all, I would say it's been a positive. Uh, it's been pretty positive since we last broadcast. I'm pretty excited actually, you know, I'm, I'm happy. I'm not, thrilled i'm not over the moon but i'm i'm happy yeah I, it's just hard to know what to make of all this dude and, and the sharks again are a roller coaster of emotions they uh you ride the extreme highs and the extreme lows you're not feeling as low as 49er fans who are just in right. the total you know pit of despair staring into the abyss nothing good on the horizon except for a new stadium, which people already don't like. And then you look at, you know, the Warriors situation where they're just, you know, kings of the mountain. And the Sharks are somewhere in between. And it's, it's they're great at times, and they're beyond frustrating at times. Right. And we have saw, you know, glimpses of both on this road trip. And as the new year approaches, dude, I mean – what do we do? I mean, where do we go from here? I mean, the Sharks are in playoff position. The division is the weakest division um, in the NHL, although the Atlantic is, you know, uh, is as close. The teams in the Atlantic, you know, they have one, two, three, four, five teams with over 40 points. Right. The Pacific only has one. Right. The Metro has three. And the Central has five teams with over 40 points. So Pacific, definitely the worst division. Mm-hmm. And the Sharks are right in the middle of the mediocrity. So so what do you do? Keep plugging away? See, I, I mean, we, we've talked about this. I, you know, it's, it, it's, it's still, you know, despite the win against L.A., despite the relatively good effort against Chicago, despite the win against Montreal, who is no longer leading the Atlantic in points. That strange uh, role now is assigned to Florida, of all teams. (laughs) But even despite these good wins, and despite me being excited about the way that they're playing, I still find it almost impossible to believe that the Sharks are in any position to, to really compete for a Stanley Cup. So I'm really not in any, in terms of a long-term prognosis, I'm not in really any different spot than I was two weeks ago or whenever we last talked where we said, you know, or even in the summertime where we said, you know, this is, it's time. It's time to turn this team over. It's time to get some new players. It's time, you know, to really make that youth movement happen now, uh, you know, however we do it. And and maybe it can't be done because of the no trade clauses we've talked about so many times, but I'm not particularly feeling any different now than before. I mean, I'm glad that they're playing a little bit closer maybe to their potential, but the, the, the long-term sickness is still there. 
when you look at the situation that they're in with the Pacific Division being entirely up for grabs, with L.A. being in front but very vulnerable, with the Sharks seemingly able to to play with this version of the Kings much more competitively, you know, they seem to be the team that has the mental edge right now mm-hmm. in L.A. The Ducks are, you know, spiraling out of control. Um, the worst team in hockey, you know, by their record, or one of the worst, dude. Columbus is one point worse, but yeah. You've got to figure that, that Bruce Boudreaux will probably be fired soon, you know, and that this could be a lost season for the Anaheim Ducks. <clears throat> it would be easy for me to get behind the notion that, you know, if the Sharks are having to roll with with these guys because they've got you know, no other choice, then we may as well just push the chips in and try and and get as far as you can. Because if you believe that with this roster they can get out of the Pacific, which I think is possible, right? I, I guess. And you would hope that, you know, you have a, a relatively easy road if, if you can. I mean, maybe... Well, yeah. you, you have Vancouver, Arizona. None of those teams... The, even as flawed as the Sharks are, I'm afraid of. Mm-hmm. And then you have the Kings. And if you can get past the Kings, then you're in the conference finals and anything can happen, you know? Anything can happen. It's true. And then you're just in a really bizarre spot. So it's, if for the Sharks, if I'm getting inside of their head, and I'm not saying it's the move that we agree with, I think that they think that they can get to the conference finals. Like, I think they believe it, you know. Um, Joel Ward is coming back. Logan Couture has started skating, right? Yeah, he's so, skating. <clears throat> so, Rafi Torres. They're going to get those, huh? Rafi Torres on the horizon. Rafi Torres on the horizon. He's only got another, you know, 17 games, 16 games to go on his suspension. If he's still in shape, you know, he'll... Be like adding somebody. He's got seven games. Forty-one. It was in a forty-one game suspension. Oh game. yeah, you're right. Only I think I said fifty. You're right. He's only got like seven or eight games, so he'll be back soon. January. And if he can play, if he can be useful at all, mm-hmm. at all, like he will inject some energy into this team. You know, looking at the new year, I mean, there's it's the same question marks that I think. That we've had with even maybe one new one, dude. But before we get into that, do you have any? Are there any emails, dude? Yeah, we have several emails. Uh, <laughs> questions at dudesonhockey.com, of course, is the email address. Uh, we got a couple emails from Brian, who was commenting uh, about our discussion about Burns being moved back to forward. I've seen that those arguments have been renewed uh, to some extent, and you know, certainly when you look at some of these events, uh, I, I uh, specific Chicago goal comes to mind. Uh, where Burns just makes these kind of terrible mistakes and, uh, you know, it goes the other way. Um, And Brian was kind enough to point out that some of these other guys, uh, such as uh, Eric Carlson, Mike Green, Oliver Ekman-Larsen, have not had great plus minuses at being offensive forces on their respective teams. And, um, you know, I think think Brian is roughly in our camp saying – when you got a defenseman that can score this much, why would you move him up to forward? Um, because they're just not that easy to come by. You can maybe backfill with more 
uh, responsible defenseman, which I, I thank Brian for the email. Um, the only other thing Brian says in this email is he says, uh, the word on a discussion board, and of course you take that with not only a grain of salt, but a whole shaker of salt, is that um, Jumbo is dealing with a minor concussion that he got uh, recently in a Kings game, um, and he hasn't been as hasn't been himself. Um, and maybe that, that can explain why, because we talked about that recently, about how Joe Thornton has sort of faded a bit, and maybe he is dealing with an injury. That certainly wouldn't be a surprise. Well, I mean, Thornton has had a, a good run in the last week. I mean, he had six points, I think, in the last uh, 10 days. So, and a really good game again in the LA. So maybe he's he's dealing with some problems. He seems to to at least temporarily come out of it. But in terms of Burns, dude, I just I don't think it's I don't think it's a relevant topic. Like I just don't. Like he's <laughs> the third highest scoring defenseman in the NHL. Right. So you move him to forward, and then you've got maybe the most embarrassing collection of offensive defensemen. In the NHL, it's true. It's- so, it, it, it's it would create a bigger problem, and <clears throat> I don't think it makes the team any better. Like I think it doesn't think it makes them better. And I think that his point is right. You know, a player like this, you're going to take the gaffes on the defensive end. You know, I think some of that, you know, it has to be. On coaching, you know, in terms of making sure you're putting him out there at the right time, in the right situations. Um, he has only played with Paul Martin for like, you know, 25 games or something like that. Mm-hmm. He's only been back with defense for like a year and a half. Right? Yeah. So let's give him a break. I mean, like, he's, he's, he was a way better defensive player when he was in Minnesota than he is now. So. He was a better defensive player there. So it's there. I think we just they just gotta continue to let him work on it. And this guy's such a beast, dude. He's he's a force. So dangerous. And uh from the point. And he's being so effective. You move him again, like that's a waste. Yeah. Be a waste. And he is leading the NHL in goals by defensemen. We should say that as well. Yeah. You're right. Let's change his position again. <laughs> yeah, let's let's put him back into a a, a whole new change. Uh, uh, he's got to learn another position. You know. Yeah, if he if he had like eleven points or something, I think it's a discussion. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't. Right. You know he's he's third in the NHL in scoring for a defenseman. Right. So that's and, it. And you look at some of these other you know some of these other guys. I'm looking at the the leaderboard for defenseman points and and Oliver Ekman Larson is a minus nine and Arizona's not that far behind you know behind right. the shark I mean the Arizona's not that far behind the sharks so you know Arizona has a worse goal differential than the sharks do but Oliver Oliver Ekman Larson's minus nine he's not doing great Mark Giordano is minus 11 I mean Calgary's not good but you know there's some of these guys who are uh good offensive players and they their plus minus also doesn't do it where's the where's Kevin Shattenkirk's playing for a good team he's minus seven and he's he's eleventh in the league in, in defensive points. So where's the calls for Kevin Shattenkirk to be moved to forward? You know? Yeah, you're right, dude. You're absolutely right. And I mean, Burns is a huge bright spot on this team, and not the problem. I not agree, the problem. dude. And we got an email from Andy Clark. 
You know, and I was thinking about Andy Clark actually before he emailed us because you know why I was thinking about him? Leicester. Leicester City, dude. I remember year, right. years ago when we were talking about following an EPL team, Andy Clark emailed us. He's been a longtime listener and lives in the UK and said, I'm a Leicester City fan. And they weren't even in the premiership at the time. They were in right. the championship. Is that what the second league is called? I can't, yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. And now Leicester City is leading the EPL right now. And this, he's, yeah. Talk about a Merry Christmas for Andy. So Andy, Merry That's Christmas. That's a great story. It's it's the it's the most amazing story in the EPL this year, without a doubt. I'm not going to go. Let's not get too far into it. But but Spurs, dude, Spurs are top four. I know Spurs There's, hanging in there, dude. I, I, it, it, it's exciting time to be Spurs fan too. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. But actually, um, Andy's question, hockey question, is about the Barracuda, and he says our coverage of the Barracuda hasn't really changed. Um, break in the annex, with with the break in the schedule, he wants to ask our opinion of the impact the Barracuda's had, um, and. You know, has the relocation of this HL team been a success? And did the Sharks make the right decision in locating the team in San Jose and playing in SAP Center? Well, in terms of my own personal interest in the Barracuda, I was excited when they moved out here. I've paid zero attention to it. And I'm just being honest. Right. I haven't gone to a game. I haven't bought any merchandise. I haven't been keeping up with how they're doing. Um, I, I just haven't, <laughs> I haven't cared. And I think that that has, has to do with our own knowledge of the almost lack of talent on that team. Like they don't have, they're filled with, you know, a bunch of AHL misfits and prospects that are either unknowns on their way out the door or just starting out. You know, I think if this team had Timo Meyer on it, if it had, when he's not old enough to play on it, I don't think, but if it had some of our more exciting younger players on it, you might be more interested. But I mean, for me, I just, it's hard to, to get excited to see what Brian Lurg is doing today. Right. You know, who's Um, who's 29. Right. Right. But in terms of, whether this is a good move for the Sharks, it being here in San Jose, what do you think? And what have you noticed in terms of the change? Well, certainly you see a lot more movement between the Barracuda and the Sharks. You know, we've seen Barclay Goodrow go up and down quite a lot. You know, Mirko Mueller's already played 12 games at the Barracuda. Um, So in a way, I think it is a, a benefit because it makes that track between the NHL and the AHL easier. And if there's a guy who really needs the seasoning and, and Barclay Goudreau is a good uh, you know, example. He's got 15 points in 17 games. I mean, it's pretty good. Um, then, you know, it's easy for the Sharks to put a guy in the AHL as opposed to shipping him 3,000 miles across the country and waste a day on either leg of the trip. Um, so as far as that goes, uh, I think that's definitely an overall plus. But I, I agree with you. I think the my overall interest in the team is is – very low because I don't see any a you know top flight even B level prospects here on this team with maybe Troy Groznick being the only one but he's a nine oh two and a three oh five goals against not playing I mean, well. he's not he's not playing well either so yeah Aaron, he's being outplayed I mean, by Aaron Dell at this point right the the best player you know that's on the team is Goldobin 
and he's been run up and down as well between, you know, all the injuries of the Sharks forwards. I don't think they've really done him a service, you know, by allowing him to play 60 games uninterrupted at the AHL level. I mean, he's got nine points in 17 games, you know, for a young kid, you know, in the AHL level, you know, what would that project to be? I mean, he project to be like a 40 point player, Mm -hmm. you know, that's not what the Sharks want or need him to be, but for his first year of pro hockey, that'd be okay. Right. You know, but just leave, leave him alone. He's not ready to play in the NHL. And I wish the Sharks would take a little bit more of Detroit's, you know, blueprint here. As much as Doug Wilson loves Detroit, he does not ascribe to that model. You know, they don't let their prospects get time to develop. And it might be just because they, they, they can't. Right. Because they need them, you know, in whatever form they are. They do. They do. And it's... And it's a little bit, it's disappointing and it's frustrating. And unfortunately, there aren't a lot of bright spots other than Goldobin, I think, on this team right now. Maybe next year will be different because hopefully Timo Meyer will be a part of the team. Uh, Jeremy Wall will be part of the team. Um, and then we'll, we'll have some guys to really take a look at. But right now, you're right. I think the vast majority of the people uh, on, the, on the Barracuda right now are AHL-level players. And... That's not really going to change, you know, so it's, it's unfortunate. I mean, we, of course we want the team to do well, (laughs) of course, but you don't see like, oh, okay, this guy, you don't see a Logan Couture, you know, in, you know, playing in the HL right now. And you're like, okay, when is this guy going to come? It's not a question of if he's going to come to the NHL, it's just a question of when. And there's really, you'd like to think that, that, uh, that Goldobin is is that guy who is just a question of when does he come to the NHL full time? I mean, he's only twenty years old, just just turned twenty. So certainly, I'm optimistic, but you know, he's really the only one. So it is hard to be excited about it. I think. Mm-hmm. Dude, do you have any New Year's resolutions? Hockey New Year's resolutions? Hockey New Year's resolutions? I we haven't usually do this played every hockey year, myself. Dude. We usually, I haven't do, played do you have music, dude? What's that? Do you have any music? Oh man, dude, we do our hockey New Year's resolution. You're putting me on the uh, on the spot here. Like, what what kind of music do you want here? Something uplifting. Oh, uplifting, eh? Okay, let's see what we got here. Uh, that's slightly uplifting. Can you, I don't know if you probably can't hear that, but I can't hear it. But I trust you. Okay. All right, dude. Dude, what's your what's what New Year's resolutions do you have here? Well, dude, I, I'll tell you one of them. All right. Okay. I want to follow the Barracuda more. I feel, I feel inspired. It's one of my resolutions, dude, to follow the Barracuda more. Dude, do you have a resolution, a hockey resolution? I know I'm putting you on the spot. I'm going to join you with that because I would definitely like to go to a Barracuda game in person. Minor league hockey is very enjoyable. It's fun. It's a pretty. Uh, it's a more casual family atmosphere. I definitely want to go and see the Barracuda. So yes, I'm with you. I think it would be really fun to to follow this team and to see if we can maybe find that diamond in the rough. Is there a guy that's not outside of Goldobin that we say, hey, maybe this guy could surprise some people? I would love to see that. Dude, um, I have another resolution. Okay. For the new year. Uh huh. My resolution is to learn how to ice skate. Really? 
Yes. Wow. I am floored by this resolution, dude. I know. I'm Uh, shocked. I know, dude. This is a resolution. I want to learn how to ice skate so I can skate with my child. And by my child, I mean you. (laughs) Dude, I will be happy to help you with this resolution. Do you have another resolution, dude? Um, My resolution is to help you skate, dude. (laughs) All right, here's my final resolution, dude. Are you ready? Okay. To brace you for your 40s, dude. We got to talk about this. You're entering a new decade. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you prepare. Thank you for that. Actually, I haven't played hockey in months because I've been nursing a little bit of an injury. So I definitely want to get back on the ice. I'm itching to play again. It's been a couple of months and I'm I'm ready to play. So that'll be a nice thing to do in the year 2016. Are you in yager shape? I am in... Okay shape. I don't know if I'm in good hockey shape because hockey shape and normal fitness are not the same. You can be in, mm-hmm. in good physical fitness and then you get on the ice and then you feel like a, a baby deer and you're falling down and getting out <laughs> of breath and all that stuff. So those are two kind of different things, but hopefully I can get my hockey legs back. The, good, the, the other good news is that my ice hockey team is absolutely terrible. Oh, good. I, and I was looking at one of our, I think we lost 13 nothing uh, recently. And so um, the only thing is, is that there's not going to be a lot of high expectations for me, uh, you know, to keep the streak going because the streak is terrible. So, uh, you know, as long as I'm a warm body on the ice, I'm sure uh, people will be happy on there. So that, that's You're nice. just like the Anaheim Ducks. <laughs> very, very similar. Very similar. <laughs> and we don't have a coach well, to fire either. So we have no one to blame. For the Sharks, my resolutions for them are please find some defensive depth. Make a trade. Right. Help these guys out. The, the defensive depth is is poor. And when someone gets hurt, Sharks are really exposed. They need to get... They need a version of Scott Hannon. And that's weird to say. Right. But they need that. Someone who is good enough to come in and stabilize the lineup if asked to play. You know, and I don't know who that is, but they need to go out and get that player. Somehow. But do we've talked before about how we don't have a, a first round pick next year. No, I'm not I don't want this was this is like a sixth or seventh round pick for some sort of player that is you know, this is a a, a Zubris acquisition. Okay. Because you know, I mean Zubris has been fine, more better than mm-hmm. the circle of players who were coming up and down he's been better than them so would you say oh yeah i'd say that so but i mean you think it's it's still a higher priority to try and get that first round pick back i don't think they can unless they want to try and you know they're going to move one of their main pieces i don't think they're going to try and get that pick back now i think that's going to happen before the draft okay They'll get it back by doing something. They'll move somebody before then. There's no way they're going to ha- not have a first round pick. I can't. I, I I can't imagine that was actually the plan. <laughs> yeah. You know. But either way, dude. I mean, I think another resolution for the Sharks is they need to figure out if they're going to continue to play Alex Stalock. Yeah. He's been pretty bad. He's been pretty bad. 
And it's hard for you and I who've been fans of him to defend him anymore. Because his stats and in the games that he's a play play dude, 310 goals allowed, 890 save percentage. Do you know who is in that same category, dude? I I dare not ask. One of the goalies I think that is one of the worst goalies playing in the NHL, Anders Lindvik. Really? Eesh. That's the same stat category as that guy. And I think of Stalock as being a better goalie than that. But there he's in Curtis McElhenney stat category. Ouch. Ouch. So but the problem is as you look at the, the Barracuda goalies, Grosnick's not having a good year. Mm-hmm. Aaron Dell is playing okay. Mm-hmm. So you can't really look at that and go, well, let's bring them up. Right. Yeah, there's so no I don't obvious. know what they do. I mean, but but it but it's putting a lot of extra pressure on Martin Jones. So I think that that's something they have to look at. You know, what do they do? What what's the answer here in terms of a, a viable backup for uh, Martin Jones? And then continuing to try and find answers for the bottom six. Zubris, I think, was a, a good pickup. Torres coming back will help. Continue to look at it, dude. Those are my resolutions for the shark. Yeah, sounds good. Did you know that Thomas Grice is number four in the league in save percentage? I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> How great is that? Oops. Uh, oh Oops. well. Yeah. I. I mean, I'm just so focused <laughs> on Jones right now. I almost don't care who the backup is. I. I think you're right. Obviously, Staylock is not. He's not. Uh, fulfilled his role as a backup that can be a guy that maybe you don't expect to play 30, 40, 50 games, but he can come in and he can provide some stability. Maybe he's not a uh, a Dominic Hasek stealing games type of goaltender, but you really don't want a guy who's just going to lose you games. And it seems like he might have lost a couple for the Sharks already this year. And I, I wish we could get an upgrade there, but I'm just so focused on is Martin Jones going to be the guy? Is he going to be a top 10 goalie in the league that the Sharks can rely on for years to come? And the jury's still out on that. I'm more focused on that question than the Alex Dela question. Yeah, I mean, Martin Jones is a top 20 goalie, but that doesn't even make him top half. Right. You know, we've seen how good he can be in stretches, and but some of these games, I think, have been his fault, and some of them, they have not. You know, mm-hmm. they've not been his fault. And... Um, because the D playing in front of him has been pathetic. So, you know, I, I don't think he's been great, but he's been good. And, uh, you know, statistically similar to Auntie Miami, a lot of people saying, oh, we should have just kept Miami. I mean, it's not that different when you look at their stats. I mean, and Auntie Miami is playing on a much better team, much better. And that's true, but their save percentages are, are basically identical. Right. So, you know, um, and they've got the same amount of shutouts. I think everybody just needs to calm down about that one. I mean, that that I, I don't think is a, is a good argument. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not super. Like I said, I you know, it's Klingberg is is like second or third in the league in, in defensive points. They got Goligoski, <laughs> Jason Demers, plus fifteen, <laughs> Jason Demers. Wow. Uh, Johnny Oduya, uh, Jordy Ben. I mean, they have a better defensive core than the Sharks do, in my opinion. 
Well, so, and that's 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 sad. <laughs> I mean, that's sad. I mean, some of those young guys have really come on, though. Yeah, dude, dude. Happy New Year! Happy New Year, dude. I know we probably won't be able to talk again until after the New Year, but uh, you know, looking ahead for the Sharks. You know, we have another test coming up, a test of a different kind than the East Coast Swing. We have some very winnable games coming. Colorado, Philadelphia, Winnipeg, Detroit's going to be tough. And then we have Toronto at home, the next five at home. And then we have Calgary, Winnipeg, and Edmonton on the road in the middle of January. All those games are winnable. Can the Sharks seize this opportunity and make up some points in the Pacific, maybe even take over the Pacific lead if L.A. falters? Because all none of these teams are scary, none of them, with maybe the exception of Detroit, who is still you know, near the top of the standings in their division. I, you know, The Sharks have to seize this opportunity and beat some of these bad teams, which they've been unable to do earlier in the year. They lost to Anaheim. They lost to Calgary already, uh, although they beat Calgary once. Um, they, they lost to Columbus. So can they turn that around? That's one thing I, you know, that's going to be the next question for the next week or two is can they beat the teams that they should be beating? Yeah. Can they win at home? You know, (laughs) I mean, the bigger question, you're right. That's the question, dude. And we're going to find out. And I, I couldn't even dare to get venture and answered because the sharks are so unpredictable that we will see. We'll hope. For the best, we will be waiting to see where this team falls. It, the opportunity is there. It's there mm-hmm. to get to the conference finals out of a really poor Pacific division. Right. The opportunity is there. So you just hope that as a team, together, they can figure out a way to uh, to get some momentum going and you know get the charge going because once you get to that point once you get to that final four anything can happen right it becomes more about a streak at that point if a team is playing well and they can you know from game to game some you've seen these number eight seeds get hot in the past right you never know so you just got to get there get to the dance dude get there all right dude have a have a wonderful and happy new year i wish all of our listeners a happy new year and we'll be back in january uh hopefully with a nice win streak to talk about We'll see you then. All right, dude. Hate the show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.